Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Cohen Vioma Law PLLC is 100% native-owned and operated, founded by Viren Cohen Vioma. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Cohen Vioma Law is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering community activism and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations. You are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five star, five diamond chef, J-Man. And with me, uh, not tough like well, is Carl. Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, it's great to be back here in the studio again. And yes, I am tough like Gua because this is from Nakwetsveni Skateboard Company. And oh, nice, he, uh, nice. And he has, actually has a uh, podcast. So go ahead okay. and listen to Nakwetsveni podcast. He's a really great guy. And full disclosure, Carl is wearing a shirt that says tough like Gua, which I don't believe. I, I, I think Gua is a lot tougher than he is. <laughs> But we're back. We're back with episode three, right? We're back with episode yeah, three. Episode three. Season nine. Yeah. And the first two episodes are doing really well. And so I think that our Mexican pizza slash Taco Bell tactic really worked out well because then, you know, all the listeners came back listening in droves, bringing you back another episode today. And one of the things that we definitely wanted to promote is that on Friday, this Friday, yes, at 2.30 regular time, yeah, Hopi time, Hopi time. Advertise for 3.30 Navajo time Yeah, in Tuba City, you and I will be for the first time doing a live podcast episode. And so most of you guys who are eager to listen to these episodes as soon as they come out are listening to this on October 5th. So in just a few days, we're going to be on stage. just a few days, yeah, we'll be uh, upstage. Uh, on the main stage in the bl- uh, blazing heat, you know, sweating it off and talking about, um, I have no idea what we're going to be talking about. Are, are you excited? Are you I, nervous? I'm nervous. You- I'm I'm a little bit nervous. I have never done this before. You know, it's it's. I've always been in the backstage area. Because when most podcasts do a live podcast, they're usually in their own they're podcast in their own, studio. Yeah. And usually they're like on Facebook or something. Yeah. Without the comforts within the comforts of yeah. just what their normal setting is. But you and I will actually be on stage. We'll be talking in front of a crowd. I hope we'll be talking in front of a crowd. <laughs> or just maybe Seoul. Maybe. So if you're in the area, please fill up those seats because at the moment I anticipate only Seoul and hopefully the Riz famous wife will be there. But <laughs> aside from those two, I'm not really too sure 
who else is going to be there, but we'll be there. Your kids on, don't really support on you, Friday so. 7th. They'll be riding rides. They don't care to <laughs> listen I don't care to about, talk. I don't, I don't care about dad's stuff here. <laughs> where's the, where's that uh, 12 footer uh, hot dog that they always been talking about? <laughs> Where, where's, where's that uh, Rambo set they were talking <laughs> the about Rambo in their last set. podcast episode? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, kids don't care about us. They don't care about what we say. <laughs> and then most of our friends too, they don't care about us either. They just care about Maya and 112. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going to be like, I'm Sunday. not going to go watch these two guys just talk. <laughs> they're going to show up on Thursday. It's like, so when, when does uh, MC Magic come on? Like, oh, that was the night before. <laughs> you know what? You know what kind of occurred to me is that, um, is that, why would you go to a fair to go watch two dudes talk in front in front of people like rather than just like listening to somebody like, you know, yeah. I mean, like we're not, we're not famous enough to like, Hey, here's my signature. This is worth something in the future. You know, like why would you go and watch like two unknown dudes just go up there? It's like, Oh, I'm just waiting for the drag show. Well, well that's why the pizza edge pizza is going to be there. That It's, it's like a, a mouse trap, right? Like yeah. a mouse doesn't I, I guess just that, I guess that walk is into a trap on its own that there's something there to attract it. And our bait is the pizza. Yeah. They're probably like, I just support, uh, you know, pizza edge. So. Because then it's going and list suffering and listening to us for one hour, but you get free pizza versus standing in a line for 30 minutes <laughs> to pay $30 for a fry bread, a huge ass corn dog, what, and they, they'll probably a just, Twister's lemonade. You know, they, they sit down and uh, they sit down and they get their pizza. And I was like, oh, can I get this to go? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the guys got Where's tin the, foil? You guys got tin foil? Okay, I'll take this to go. <laughs> but the show hasn't even started. I don't, I don't know these guys. <laughs> I just saw free pizza and I just sat down. <laughs> but uh, so that is happening this Friday. Yeah, that this is Friday. Happening this Friday. It, it, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be like a crazy to get into the fair thing. I don't think so. Right. Because we're not we're not huge headliners. Well, today in, in your world, today is Wednesday. Yeah. And people are already reserving their seats for the parade. OK. So I assume that it's going to be a crazy weekend starting Today, Wednesday. Yeah. Starting today on Wednesday, yeah, yeah. going all the way into the weekend, I think it's going to be a crazy ass weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And we get to be a part of it. We get to be a part of it. We get to be on the same stage that Nelly performed. We get to be on the same stage that Juvenile performed. We get to leave our mark. And then Maya on Sunday comes in and she gets to see where yeah. our mark is. I'm just going to leave my phone number you're gonna, up there you're just gonna, in case. You're going to Cecilka your phone number on the stage <laughs> for Maya to see. You're probably going to eat something that turns your Cecilka blue or something. So that yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to start scribbling my number on there. Just, hey, this is for Maya. <laughs> but anyway, so we do have a topic today. All right. We do have a topic today and it's kind of a smorgasbord of several Topics that we've talked about prior, but kind of some stuff that kind of happened recently that kind of got me thinking. And, you know, I think one of the topics that I wanted to talk about again, because we did talk about this idea of Hopi patriarchy. Okay. And I remember that I made this declaration about patriarchy. I said that, you know what? I don't think that exists on the reservation. I said that I, I think that for the most part, Hopis out here, we live our, our life according to what the old rules used to be, that we respect our matriarchs, that we support and uplift this idea and this place that our women sit on. But then I realized that I was wrong. Oh, okay. I was I was really wrong. 
All and right. then as I talked to community members throughout the villages out here on the reservation, I realized that I was full of shit when I made that declaration. Well, what was and that patriarchy is alive and well here on the reservation. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. You know, the patriarchy part of it is yeah, is very very alive here on the reservation. I mean, we have the patriarchal. What is it? The 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 movement in Hotvela. You know, where it's just all. All dudes, all dudes over there trying to start a sausage. Yes, group. yes, uh, trying to start World War World War Three or whatever. <laughs> but we we did we did talk about this kind of previously on an episode. But I think we kind of just kind of just mentioned topics and didn't really do a deep dive into exactly talking about it. And you know, one of the things that I've encouraged you and trying to do it myself too is kind of to bring a little bit more of our personal lives at least as far as supporting some of these ideas that we yeah. talk about to try to get them pushed through. And so, you know, at least in, in regards to this idea of patriarchy, because one of the things that we talked about in a previous episode when we talked about this was that we talked about how culturally women technically own most of everything. Yeah, yeah. And we mentioned that when it comes to lands that villages reside on that the women have control and so you, yeah. know, you live in a home it belongs to your mother or it belongs to so'o yeah and that when so'o or mom passes it on down they pass it on to the eldest daughter yeah and that so it stays within, within the, the clan the, the, the clan yeah. ship yeah it stays within yeah, the clan yeah, yeah. Ship because you know we are a matrilineal society and you know but i guess really the reason why i kind of wanted to talk about this again is because you know i, I was out home thinking about things like okay. i normally do and kind of realize some things and we made brief mention of this in that previous episode specifically when we were talking about patriarchy but we talked about how the fields are no longer being handed down i guess from to, son, to nephew yeah but yeah. rather they're now starting to be handed down from father to son yeah which is in contradiction to the the matrilineal aspect because the son of is not our cultures yeah. and I guess you know really I guess all of that happens for different reasons it, it happens for different reasons and I guess that kind of got me into this other thought process is because in our last episode we talked with our special guest primarily fixated on the Navajos and that, you know, our guest, he made this statement that Navajos are very diverse yeah. and that, yeah. you know, not all of them follow the, the tradition, the, blessing yeah, way, the, the traditional pathway, way, but yeah. a lot of them do are Christians and within that Christian umbrella that there are very differentiating Christian sects that they all belong to, etc. Yeah. And then we made this declaration that we said, for the most part, Hopi's believe in kind of really just one way yeah but then there's a small section that are starting to cross over to the christian side but then even you know this whole this whole thought process that i had is that i don't think that's true i think that hopis are diverse as well you know you know um that i think i think because like like you know last week's uh guest he was he was talking because i wanted you know because i asked him about like the traditions if it was dying or if it's dead in other ways because in parts of Hopi you know are some of the traditions are dead you know that we don't practice those types of the traditions anymore you know the deep deeper stuff and you know his response was like no it's not dead and I would say to you know to us that yes our traditions are dead some of them are dead because we're not practicing them anymore 
you know, we just look at them in books and we just kind of honor them in that way. You know, there's maybe like maybe one or two villages still kind of practicing it, but not, you know, forwarding with that that whole idea of, of Hopi tradition. And I think that the same way with、uh, Navajo tradition, they kind of it, it's 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 kind of similar, you know, like because some of that tra- Navajo tradition is kind of dead, and they're not following it. They kind of just honor it, kind of like. So that's why I'm. I, it's what he kind of said. Like it's you know they're kind of diverse in that whole way, like that. And I, I think that's kind of the difficulty that I'm having today, and I guess really、um, trying to come up with one. Name for the topic of yeah, the episode because、yeah. I feel like what I want to talk about it encompasses a lot of different factors as the reason as to why things are the way that they are, and especially in regards specifically, specifically what I, what I wanted to talk about is that I wanted to talk about how the field situation is、yeah. out here now, and what you just said I think is also in attributes to. Why the field situations and a lot of other things within our culture are the way that they are now? It's the fact that because things out here culturally are starting to go away, or to phrase it the way you did, are dying. Yeah, unquote yeah. dying. And you know, at least in regards to the fields, because I, I guess technically how it should go is that. When fields are inherited, not even necessarily inherited, because then the fields always belong to the clan. But、yeah. as far as who works on it, Taha works on the field, and then when Taha can no longer work on the field, the nephews take over, and then they work on the field. And then when they get old, and when they can no longer continue, then they pass it on to their nephews. Yeah. But I think that that's kind of been disrupted, and in place, what's happening is that a man takes over a field, and I think what's happening is that the men are no longer being are no longer as close to their nephews as they were in the past, and because of how we live now, a man is most closest to their son. Okay, and so now the fathers are teaching their sons, yeah, all of this cultural stuff, and then they're also teaching them field stuff because then, as a, as a father, and I do this practice myself, is that I take my son with me to the field, and so I'm teaching my son what I know about farming, and so he's learning it from me. Rather than learning it from his uncle, yeah, who he should be learning it from, and so I think that because now Hopi men are starting to have this relationship with their sons today, instead of this relationship that they should be having with their nephews, that's in turn why the fields you, you, are going to the sons, you, you know, instead、um, of the nephews. You know, I, I go with、uh, I go with Gua to the field. Uh, because it's it's less work, and then I don't go with my Taha because he makes me work at the field. So <laughs> that's the reason why. That's the whole reason why I do that. Well, I, I guess I guess the reason why I guess what what might help make this make more sense. Okay, is that you know I I I went I was in my own village, and my my Taha was nice enough to let me use part of the field、uh-huh. for my own family. Okay, so I was sitting there. In the field, really thinking about it, you know, because then we talked about this whole. We had this whole episode talking about what happens when you come home. Yeah, and because then you know, growing up as a kid, 
you're told this is how it's supposed to be. That you're a young boy, you're going to grow up, you're going to marry a Hopi woman, you're going to live out here on the reservation, you're going to raise Hopi babies, and then this is the way that you're going to do it, and then life's going to be good, you're going to die, and then you're going to go to Hopi heaven. Uh But the reality of it is the fact that because a lot of disruption within our practices has been caused by things like assimilation, uh, things like relocation, uh, things like uh, language and cultural decline, Yeah, that things aren't the way that it's supposed to be anymore. Even though we're preached that this is how you're going to live your life, but the reality is that when you want to live your life that way, it's not really going to be like that. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you you kind of you kind of have a point there. I mean, like, yeah, because because um, I grew up on the reservation. I grew I grew up like I'm I'm like a you true. Grew up in tuba. I grew up. I'm like a true res kid. You know, I You're ate a true tuba. Boy. I I ate dirt. You know, played with all of the subways. <laughs> I had, uh, played cowboys and Indians and played I, inside most of the time. <laughs> I was a cowboy because I hated the Indians. Watched Ladmo all day. <laughs> you know, I have still have the Ladmo bag, but that's another story, though. But anyway, you know, I I grew up and I went to college. Yes, I went out. I went off the reservation. Went off there, learned what I needed to learn. Came back and still had that that mentality to say that yeah, I'm still a native. You know, a Hopi native here, and I still know a lot of stuff like that. It's. It's, I guess it's where, you know, like the, the urban Indians, like the ones that actually go off the reservation for jobs, for a life, and then try to come back and then try to integrate themselves back into society or back into Hopi society or any type of native society. And that's where it kind of gets muddy and muddled. Mm -hmm. And that's where like a lot of the, the cultural appropriation kind of comes out where all of these different types of things like, you know, oh, like, you know, I thought, you know, I read this in a book somewhere, you know, isn't it supposed to be like this? Uh, and, and and we're like, no, I don't, I don't even know what a book is. You know, you're like, you know, you're a true native. I don't even know what a book is. And, you know, the, I guess it's that, I guess it's where, I guess it's where you're, you're trying to, in you're, you're trying to go back to your roots, you know, like um, not, not Kunta Kinte roots, you know, and I, I guess, you know, based off of the example that you gave, because like like this theme is littered through all our entire podcast. Oh, yeah. Like we've, we talk about the housing issue. We talk about there's no places to live out here. And so anytime somebody moves off the reservation and that they move back home, it's like you're trying to continue to cramp yourself into an already cramped uh, can I guess Yeah yeah, Sardines Yeah you know, Like we're all crammed in here Like sardines In the first place But then people come home And then that sardine can Gets even more cramped And more than likely That when you're coming back Inadvertently You're taking something away From somebody else Yeah Without yeah. meaning to Without oh, yeah. meaning to Because yeah. you just want to come home You just want to come home You just want to live The life of a, a Hopi and then be a part of everything else that's going in. But I guess, you know, and I keep bringing it back to this whole field thing is that because, you know, your whole life you're told that you're going to go off, you're going to marry a Hopi woman, and then you're going to grow corn for her yeah. in her own field. Yeah. But sometimes what if the woman that doesn't, you marry doesn't want corn and wants McDonald's more? <laughs> 
you know, that's that's the whole thing too. But what happens that if the woman who you marry, their family situation, that there's no cornfield to just walk right into. But yet, marrying a Hopi woman, you know that she needs corn. Yeah. They need corn for everything that it is that a Hopi woman does to feed their relatives, for payments, uh, for their children, for certain things that happen. And so you know that a Hopi woman needs corn. Yeah. And so oftentimes that there are situations where families don't have a cornfield readily available for an in-law to walk into in a perfect situation I guess really that's what I'm trying to get into Is that these perfect situations That we're preaching to our Hopi children That they're not really They don't really exist <laughs> They exist in a book <laughs> They don't really They, they, they exist only in book. exist in a book Yeah And so I guess you know And in the urban uh, Hopi's minds as well too So And, and, and so you know like Because I was thinking about it Because like I said I was I was in a, At home Uh huh working in this plot that my uncle let me use. And I really started thinking about it, you know, and I really started thinking about my own family because then, you know, that's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be, you get married, you work in your wife's, their cornfield. And I really started thinking about it. And, you know, I love my family to death. I have to say this, you know, I love my family. I'm very uh, fortunate to be a part of the family that I am, but I'm going to talk about them now for a bit. So I got to say those things first. Okay. And so... I was thinking about it, thinking about all the men in my family that are in relationships, are married to other Hopi women. Uh And I thought about it and I was thinking about all the men and I was like, wait a minute. Out of all these men in my family, really, you could only make an argument that only one of them actually works in the cornfield that belongs to the person that they're with. Yeah. And then, you know, because most all of the men in my family are farmers. Yeah. That they all engage in this farming lifestyle. But a lot of them work in fields that they inherited either from from their parents somehow. And so it was kind of an interesting thought process and I had to think about it. It's like, is this like this everywhere else? You know what I mean? And I I, I think that it's probably a pretty common Occurrence. Well, you know, if if you're not a married man and you you want to plant, you you go through the the clan the clan fields, your own clan, your, cl- your own, own clan, clan, yeah, your own clan fields, and you keep doing that, even if you're even if you are married, you still go to the clan fields to plant for your sisters or your mom or your clan, basically. And then you plant again for your wife, mm-hmm. and that's well. That's, well, technically, that's if you're, in if the you're ideal. Married, yeah. Technically, if you're, if you're married, married. Your sisters are no longer your responsibility. True, and, true. Because then your hundred percent responsibility is supposed to be to your wife. Kind and their family. of, kind of, not kind of, Carl. No, if <laughs> if you were okay, so tell me if you were a real Hopi true man, you uh-huh. know. Uh, coming from a like an urban side, yeah, you know, when you came back home, uh-huh. did you see that as like strange to to start planting to start for your planting wife's for your family? wife? Yeah, no, not really. I don't think so. 
Oh yeah, I, I think because you read it in I, a book? I think because we're did you read that in a book? <laughs> I, I heard it in a presentation somewhere. <laughs> no, but I think that because we're told that our whole lives, yeah, yeah, that you're prepared for it. You're, you you're prepared are preparing for, for your wife, and you're preparing for your uh-huh. your family like that. Uh-huh. You know, but but again, you know, if if your sisters or your mother um, doesn't have any why or husbands or. You know, the father is getting old up there. And then, yeah, you still plant for your sisters. You know, like my some of my tahas still do that. Well, still well, plant. The only, only time that you do that is when you have ugly sisters like I do. And they're <laughs> never going to get married. And I guess, you know, somebody has to feel sorry for them and plant for them. So I'll plant for them. <laughs> I'm a great planter. <laughs> so, I, you know, you know, moving on. It's like uh, I, I get what you're saying is that we we as Hopi people just kind of do it because we see other people doing it and it's like sort of like monkey see monkey do kind of thing it's like if if you're doing it now then it's okay for me to do it you know then well well i not necessarily but i guess you know i guess kind of what what my thought was is because the structure is no longer in place. Yeah, to support a, oh, matri- yeah, yeah, to support so. a matrilineal that. society, that it's starting to diverge and support a more patriarchal society, because then you know, I, now I think that a lot of why the structure is disappearing is because we don't all live in the villages anymore. No, and I no. think that back then in the day when everybody lived in the village, it supported that system that old system because then if you need to go see Taha either he's living in the same house as you or he's just a hop skip and a jump away to where you can get third wife education. or fifth wife yeah yeah <laughs> you where, just to go where to you the- could get that education that you need yeah but this day and age because now we live outside of the village we live far away from each other we don't like to call each any, each other anymore on the phone. We like to text, and yeah. so it's it's more of a process to go see Taha. Yeah, even though my Taha probably lives less than a mile away from me, I still don't go see him <laughs> either to go learn to learn his knowledge. But I, I think really, you know, that kind of supports, I guess, this situation with the fields. But then again, you know, I I because like I guess like for my example with my family. That because a lot of our men folk are inheriting the fields, I don't think that it was advertent. Like I don't think they did it to say that I want this field for myself and yeah. just for what I want to use yeah. it for. I think possibly that maybe there's just nobody else to give it to, and it's like you know you're the only one that plants, so you might as well be the one to use it. And I think that that does happen all throughout the reservation. That that's another reason why fields are being inherited by sons. Is that the nephews aren't planting anymore And it's like Well my nephews don't plant So I might as well give it to somebody That plants Yeah that's true I mean like um, like if you ask a kid today Like a Hopi kid um, Like would you rather go And help plant with your Taha or would you rather go And play the Wii Switch Yeah, You know yeah yeah. They're gonna choose the latter part of it You know that's, <laughs> I'm not gonna go to yeah, with fuck, Taha. She's like, fuck that. Yeah, I was like, screw Taha, man. He's he's he has no knowledge. And you know, I I, I guess you know that that's kind of uh, w- one thing I want to add on this before I move on to the next example is that you know I I think what 
makes our, our this farming situation difficult is the fact that out here on Hopi is that it's dry farming. Oh yeah. And and yeah. so if you're a man that marries a Hopi woman, you want to provide the things for her that you're supposed to provide for her. But when there's the middle of a drought, how are you going to do that? Yeah. Because then the land is no longer supporting this farming practice to be able to produce corn. Yeah. And so if you're living out here, you're kind of SOL. True. And then it becomes, it gets to a point to where you're purchasing the corn because they still need the corn. I swear to God, there's like 10 Hopi weddings that have happened this fall already. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's 10 more that's going to happen before and the year I ends. have no idea where they're getting the corn. And at. I don't know where the corn's coming from. It's probably coming from that uh, Navajo pride. And I thing. think people are starting to uh, sell sheep to each other. So there's like sheep. That were involved with four different weddings. <laughs> the sheep that didn't that get, were lucky that enough get killed yet. To not get butchered for <laughs> one of the weddings. Like, I could just see a sheep was like, damn, we're going to another wedding again. <laughs> so like, we'll, we'll do what we did last time. We'll do it. Huddle together. Yeah, we'll just uh, hang in the we'll corner. Just, I'll just hang in the corner, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, we got to hang in the corner because we're going to probably go into the next wedding. <laughs> But but I, I I guess you know that 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 was my my field example of of like the the whole patriarchy thing happening, but I guess you know one of the things I kind of want to talk about a little bit more is I guess our diversity because then we kind of made this comment and we said that we weren't really diverse, but I I really do think we, that we are in just thinking about it because then like you said like there are Hopis men our age and even older. That they don't go to the field. Oh, no. They don't plant. No, no. People living out here that don't go to the field and don't plant. Yeah. And so for whatever reason, they don't have that desire. So that puts them in a category. And then there's guys like us that want to do all the Hopi stuff. Yeah. We want to ride all the Hopi rides while we're out here on Hopi land. We want to spend all day long in a cornfield and bake ourselves black and plant seeds and when we have our ceremonies on during the times that we have when we want to participate in that and give ourselves lung cancer while we're in the kiva with all the, the cigarette smoke, smokers yeah, with all cigarette smokers that are in there and so you know we we have that desire to be a part of these things and you know at, at some point I do want us to have this episode where we talk about Christian Hopis. Okay. And have a guest that that to come on that has devoted themselves to the Christian faith and to kind of talk about why they made that decision. But some of us, we're devout Hopi religious people because then, you know, we do these things that we believe that we should be doing because... So the gods told us to do it. So like uh so like is Hopi a religion or is it just the culture part of it? It's just I don't know. I don't know how to define a religion. You know that that's something that I, I still struggle with to this day yeah. because then you know I, I there are get your, get your book out American Indian uh studies people out there. Yeah. And they try to argue that uh natives were not religious people but rather were spiritual. Spiritual but then everything that I've ever learned about religion, I feel like that we're kind of like that as Hopis. Yeah. The fact that we, we do pray to gods, that we do believe in this concept of a god. Gods. Like a gods. And that we do do things to try to 
ask for prayers, ask for blessings from these God gods. Yeah. And so, you know, like to me, I feel like that, isn't that a religious practice? Yeah, I guess you could say that. I guess that that, a religion. I guess you can kind of define that as a religion because, yeah, because uh, Christianity is believing in a spirit, Mm -hmm. God, a holy father, a holy father. You know, it's it's believing in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. It's believing in, I guess, um, I guess, a mainstay of of self righteousness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I guess you can define Hopi mm-hmm. as the same way. So mm-hmm. I think that we could comfortably say that Hopi is a religion. And I, I mean, at least, at least on the surface, I would say so. Okay, I would think so. What would we call ourselves? Uh, Hopiites? Uh, no, Hopi, Hopianity. <laughs> <laughs> We're Hopianities. The Book of Hopi. The Book of Hopi. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and see, and see like that though, like, like, not everybody that claims to be Hopi is like that. Yeah. It's just like the Christians. You got Christians that go to church Sunday through Sunday. Yeah. Because there's something on Monday, there's something on Tuesday. There's something on Wednesday. There's something on Thursday, etc. Like they're devout. Like they're devout yeah, they're Christians. De- devout, devout Christians. Devout. And then yet you have these people that say, "Oh, I'm a Christian," but then they're getting hammered on Mill Ave on Thursday, yeah. on a Friday, on a Saturday, and then they show up to church hungover and on then, a Sunday, and then pray for forgiveness, and, and then pray for forgiveness on the Sunday. And but yet, Hopis were the same way that you have Hopis. Out there on social media world that are about this Hopi life, but when they come home, they're like, "Ooh, what are you guys living? <laughs> this is how you live. <laughs> Where's your toilet?" And it's like it's about a about a mile away. Ooh, and then and then even out home, you have Hopis that live here, and it's kind of the similar thing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not it is. as devout, I guess. They're not as as hardcore about it because then you can tell like you can tell like you, you see it how okay so how would you define like um like really devout hopis they're always wearing a loincloth or what like you know or have your hair cut in that you know the 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 hopi way in in december they always. have kotsvi on their foreheads <laughs> it's a bunch of sana on there and in in january they go uh, take their pajos and they don't post about it. <laughs> That's the devout part. Yeah, those those are the devout ones. Man, I, they're they're the ones that are about it. They're they're the ones that uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of what other taboos there are out there about <laughs> about hope. They're the they, ones. They, 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 they're they're the ones who don't take pictures of their cookies. They're they're the ones that do napna after every meal. Yeah, they're the ones that you know they go on a long trip and then they say quite quite. Itam iki. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, I do that every time I every time I go home from here. So they go uh, every morning. They, they, I would say those are they're like those are kind of the signs of of a devout Hopi. I guess I guess you could say I'm a devout Hopi. But you yeah, wake up in the morning. I wake up early enough. How how Uh, why you think you're the sun? Kind of just kisses my lips every now and then <laughs> the sun girls kind of kiss my lips a little bit yeah i don't think they you're when you wake up that's when it becomes dark because then they don't want to look at you so 
But I, I, I guess you could say that because when you wake up, that's when it's winter because then all the snake girls go back into their homes for the winter. <laughs> they don't want to see you. It's, I'm burrowing after them. <laughs> but I guess you could say that like Hopi in a way is you have to dedicate yourself. You have to really dedicate yourself in order to be a real Hopi. You can't just be Hopi part-time. You know, like, uh, what was that Sherman Alexie uh, part-time Indian or whatever whatever it was called is one of his books. Yeah, yeah. you, you know, it's, it, it yeah, talks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, can, you can't just go off the reservation, make your living there, and then come back and say that, oh, I'm going to be Hopi for uh, for a weekend and then go back again and then live your life like that. It's It doesn't work like that. I guess, I guess in a perfect world, it could work, but in like the Hopi world, it doesn't work like that. You're either Hopi or you're not Hopi. I guess I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Well, well, I guess counter to that, the reason why I brought up, I guess, religion as kind of an example, too, is that there is no more black and white anymore. That yeah. There yeah, there, no there. more is you are this. And if you're not this, then you're that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that in this kind of, this all ties in together somehow. I, I swear it, it's just, I'm having a hard time looping it all in. But to me, it's like all these different variables that we talked about at the beginning. Those are the reasons why that we're diverse now, because then you have the devout Hopis, most of them living on the reservation. I, I imagine that maybe there's some that live in the urban areas. You have a group of Hopis that farming isn't really that important to them. Mm-hmm. Because then I, I had to have this thought too. It's like, what if I didn't marry my wife? Okay. What if I was still a single man out there? And what if I married your wife? <laughs> she, she would be living a very hard She'll life. Be- She'll be leaving uh, Easy Street. <laughs> She'll be like, hey, babe, we're going to go get some corn. We'll have the kids do the back nine. <laughs> but I, I had this thought, too. It's like, what if I didn't marry my wife and what if I was still a single man? Okay. Would farming be important to me? Probably not. Then Probably not. Yeah, probably, probably not. not. Because then, then you're like talking about my sisters. Yeah. And, you know, who's going who's gonna to farm for my sisters? My dad farms for them. Yeah. My uncle farms for them. So they're taken care of. And so, like, I would be more fixated on I Scottsdale, don't know, per- pursuing, strengthening my life as uh, assimilated Hopi men. Yeah, because then I'd probably be working for a third degree. I'd probably be trying to be a CEO of some native organization in Phoenix. Like, I'd probably be trying to, I don't know, be be the man on campus. When it comes to all the, the the urban community of Phoenix, like I, that, that's probably legitimately what my life would be like. But if you didn't marry yeah. of the situation, I don't want to say situation, but because of the of the blessings of the blessings. There you go. That that I'm in good save. That now very good save. <laughs> that now this is my concern. Now this is my concern, and so I guess you know that's kind of like this this argument that I have is that we are a diverse people. Because as Hopis, for every person in this world yeah. that calls themselves Hopi, are imp- are the hierarchy of what we deem important it differs. Yeah, and a lot of that has to do with our own personal situations now. Yeah, because now we don't all live in the villages. No, some of us we live in Tuba. 
Some of us, we live in Flagstaff. Some of us, we live in Winslow. Some of us, we live in Phoenix. Some of us, we live in Albuquerque. And for those of you that do still live in the village, our priorities then are different because then if you're living in Hotvela that has no electricity, if you're living in Lower Munqapi that has no electricity, winter's coming, you're prioritizing going for wood now. Yeah. yeah. But then if you're living in Tuba where you can just flip a switch and it gets uh, hot, you get hot, yeah. Then you're not prioritizing that. <laughs> if you're married to a Hopi woman and she needs corn, this time of the year now is important because you're focused on the harvest. If you're a single Hopi man with no obligations, that becomes less of a priority to you. Yeah. Just it, flip a switch and corn's there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I get what you're I get what you're trying to say. It's like, you know, it our lives could have been different. You know, you our lives could have been way different in how we see Hopi in the traditional way versus as a non-traditional mm-hmm. way. You know, like, you know, like what you were saying, if you weren't blessed with your wife mm-hmm. and if I was blessed with your wife, you know, <laughs> if you were blessed with like a CEO of a company yeah, and you know, that, that would be prioritizing yourself, but yet you would come home and still do the traditional practices, not caring uh, about like, you know, about the real traditional part of the Hopi way and saying that hashtag Hopi on, on Instagram all the time and go back and be the CEO of something like that rather than trying to, rather than uh, being married into the culture, rather than being married into the religion, then your priority changes is like that. And I guess what you, I guess that's what you're saying is that yes, we do prioritize on different types of of different situations and we, we prioritize ourselves in that way. And so like with that, I mean, like a lot of us, like hoping men base ourselves like that, base ourselves on the religion itself like that, because we do a lot of Hopi uh, religion. We do a lot of Hopi traditional things, ceremonies and stuff like that, not just for ourselves, but for like for the other people. And there are a lot of uh, married men out there, uh, like what you said, that don't really have that priority to um, have a cornfield for their wives because mm-hmm. they can buy it easily from like maybe their brother who is doing that or yeah. maybe their uncle. Do, do you think that the married men out there, do you think they're concerned about uh, having corn for their girlfriends on the side? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. If you uh, have like, uh, hey, this is this is a secret spot that I just <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I guess, you know, because we're, we're, we're kind of close on time. But yeah. I, one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about is that because, you know, we I guess establishing that everybody prioritizes their life differently now. Yeah, yeah, based yeah. Based yeah. upon their position now within Hopi. And so I think that always the biggest challenge is for every single person that calls themselves Hopi, how do we then try to build a better future for Hopi with the diversity of people that is Hopi? Well, because then, you know, like, 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 for example, on my sheet, this was one of a talking point back when we were still talking about patriarchy. Now we're talking about something completely different. Okay. But like one of the things that's always been a big topic and we've talked about this numerous times is enrollment. Yeah. Is that, you know, we talked about traditionally that your the enrollment process was through your mother. 
Yeah. And yeah. If, if your mother's not Hopi, then, then you're not then considered you're, a Hopi. Hopi. Yeah. It's plain and simple. But in this day and age, because the enrollment is now it's a quarter. Yeah. Regardless of whether it's from your mother or your father's side. And my back when we were still talking about patriarchy, that was going to be my, my question was the fact that Hopi men enroll their children is that... Uh, an example of Hopi patriarchy. Yeah, I guess that, you could that, say that's that. happening yeah, today. Yeah. But then, because of this conversation that we just had, that because everybody's lives are different now, and that we have to recognize that everybody's lives are different now, and that the diversity is there. Yeah. Because you are going to have people that strongly argue. You're going to have Hopi men that strongly argue for their children to be Hopi, and you know for for whatever reason. And that you're still going to have people that argue, no, it's supposed to be matrilineal because that was the way. And so how then do we have all these people that think different things? Where's the common ground to where we can start moving and start strengthening some of these stuff that needs strengthening out here? Like language, for example. Like everybody would probably want to bring the language back, whether you live in Phoenix, whether you live out here, whether your mother's Hopi or your father's Hopi, like somebody, all these people want to strengthen language. And then so, you know, that's kind of like a huge common ground. And maybe that's the solution. Maybe it's identifying what the obvious common issues are that people want solved. I would say language is probably one of them. Housing is probably one of them because then, you know, you do have people that want to live out here. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy people that want to live out here for some reason. <laughs> uh, even just general education. We want a strong K through 12 educational system. You would think that that's probably an obvious. Yeah, that, that is ground. a very obvious People thing. like you that want a, a fair for our <laughs> sheep that we gave up during the livestock reduction. <laughs> And, and so, you know, maybe maybe that's the way. But I, I guess really, you know, kind of the whole the, my, my long rant for this whole episode is talking about the diversity is that we are a diverse people, because then, you know, I think that you could start from the top and then you could just break it down through all these levels like Hopis and then Urbans versus Res Hopis. First Mesa Hopis versus second Mesa Hopis versus third Mesa Hopis. And then like it's just we're 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 so complex. Yeah, and yeah. and I guess, you know, and so we were wrong to say that Hopi wasn't diverse, because we are diverse. And even yeah. when you think about the Hisat time in the long, long ago, even back then that they were diverse people. You know, uh remember the cat, Larry the Cat. You know, he had, he had a column in the Hopi Tidivini. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he, he stated that we are so, we are such a, a uh, you know, a close culture here on the Hopi Reservation. We're such a close type of people that we we do things in, in one. We're actually one people, but we're yet, we're miles apart from each other in the way of our religion. You know, we don't believe in the same types of things that other people do, but yet we're still one people. And it's kind of hard because like uh, like Zuni, like Zuni has one culture, one culture, one thing. They only have one village. Mm -hmm. Hopi has like very like 12 villages around here. Mm -hmm. Well, 12 villages. Mm -hmm. And each village has their own way of doing the same culture, same religion. 
it's so strange that we can understand that, but yet then we're so confused on why is it is it being done like this? Like, you know, I understand why you guys are doing this, but why why do you do it like this? You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's that same kind of diversity. And yes, it is diverse. We're very, very diverse, but yet we're so apart from each other. We yeah. don't we don't we don't know each other in that aspect way. And yet we call ourselves Hopi as one people. Mm-hmm. Yet we're like, I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know that guy. And, and you know, it's interesting because I, I think, and I, I, I think that the reason why we struggle is that because we want to hold on to like the real old concepts. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and not really understanding that we could develop new concepts for ourselves. Yeah. It's like we're in this position to where we want to use the same toaster that we grew up on. But then when we come into adulthood, that toaster is no longer functioning properly. Yeah. But yet we still want to use the same toaster because we think that that's the toaster that we're supposed Suppo- to use. We're so used to. Yeah. And I guess for a contemporary example, I had a conversation with a colleague and they were t- we were talking about Hopi. Yeah. We were talking about like like Hopis and our understanding of who we are today. Yeah. 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 It, especially like with like how our ancestors, the, the life that they lived. And, you know, she was telling me, she was like, you know, we're so we're, we're, we're holding on to these old concepts with our lives because we think that this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And her example was saying that, you know, we live in these villages and we don't want to leave those villages. We want to leave our villages where they are because to us, that's important because to us, that has history because to us, that's. Where we've always lived. Yeah. But yeah. then her argument was saying that, well, the Hisatsino, they moved all the time. Uh-huh. They moved from one place to another place based upon whatever the earth was telling them. They'd move to one place. They'd grow their corn. When it stopped raining in that region, then they would just get up and move. Yeah. And go to another yeah. place until that place no longer suited them. Then they do that like but to this day and age where we'd be terrified of that idea of going somewhere else of yeah. going somewhere else but then you kind of see it or at least you're trying to see the development of something similar and this is a place that you've been bringing up several times is the Wa'ovi. yeah this this yeah. new community yeah this new village that they're trying to develop and create because when you look at our villages here nobody wants to share land nobody wants to put in infrastructure there's no Mm -hmm. organization Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah and so you know you got some people well fuck this place let's go start our own village let's go create (laughs) the wa'ovi and let's go live over here yeah and and make it to where it makes sense to us in this day and age i guess yeah i guess you i guess you're kind of right because yeah, like a lot of hisatsinom, like you know, they they did, but I I guess you're you're trying to say like yeah, we we were actually finding our home actually. You know, like you know, we 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 were actually traveling the world so we can mark our spots that this is going to be part of how Hopi religion came to be. This is where all the clanships, this is where all the religion starts, you know, all of these different starting points like that. And to come to this village or to come to this mesa here, the Hopi mesas that are now the three mesas, you know, that is, that is part of our home now, you know, like back then there were multiple mesas, but now they, we condense because of like, you know, drought, 
famine and whatnot. Well, I, I guess my argument to that then is that, you know, most recently we, we went through this drought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then are we going to be the band that's playing on the Titanic? No, I we guess, just you absolutely know. refuse to abandon ship because <laughs> no, we're, we've handcuffed ourselves to this place that no, I, I when get, it's unable, I, I, when you it's know, no longer suitable I, I, to grow I, corn it, out here, you know, that I, we're just going to stay here because that's what we're we're going to do when we're just going to no, I, I not get, grow corn I, anymore. I, I, I guess I guess I wouldn't be scared because we have uh, we have the K Town store and uh, we have the new store because they can provide for us. So, and we have Bashish just sixty miles away. Well, you know, I, I apologize to the listeners because this episode was starting to talk about patriarchy, and then now we're <laughs> talking about Bashes. moving everybody away to <laughs> the Wa'ovi, and so I. And I don't even know what we're going to call this episode. We'll just call it like the randomness J- of Hopi's rants. randomness of the Hopi mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I I get what you're saying is that yes, we as Hopis are very very complex, just like the Navajo culture that is very complex. We are more complex because we have a single religion that we just don't really understand. I, I was going to make the joke that if you told that story about the Hisetsina moving from place to place trying to find here the Uwanasave that Herschel our Navajo buddy would try to figure out how to say that Navajos were a part of that somehow. <laughs> yeah, we circled around you guys uh, several times. <laughs> but but all in all, I mean, like we're running out of time. I want to get out of here. So do you have anything that you want to say last words before we start to go on our journey of, of uh, you know, uh, raiding the Navajos this time? To pull one from Carl, if you made it to this point, I congratulate you. And don't forget <laughs> that this Friday, uh, October 7th at 2.30. 2.30 our time, right? 2.30 2.30 our time, yeah. 3.30 Navajo time that you can catch us at the Western Navajo Fair at the main stage. At the main stage and, and I've everything. I promised a couple of people that Carl will be dressed in drag, so. <laughs> you know, that's not a, that's not a, a bad idea. <laughs> so I want to be named Chocolate. <laughs> My name's Chocolate. <laughs> we have to come up with a, a Hopi Hopi, 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 drag name. Hopi, drag you. name. Yeah, I don't know what that would be. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> there are several, but I, I just don't I, want to say I, it. I have to think on that. There one. are several, but that's very bad words. <laughs> but again, thank you guys for listening to Carl and J Man. If you guys want to uh, donate something, go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85 to become a monthly donor. It's only $4.99 or $9.99 a month. You choose your flavor. Or if you just want to donate a dollar or more, go to buymeacoffee.com slash CJ podcast. If you're not following us on our social media accounts, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Carl and J Man. And don't forget that once our Instagram hits 1,000 followers, we'll be doing another giveaway. So please tell all your family and friends to follow us on Instagram. And oh. if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give this a five-star review because you're not five stars unless your podcast says you're five stars. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World Podcast. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend, J-Man. So long. What's up?